is Susan, and welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. Gals, we're back together again. We are together. This is Katie. So excited to be together. This is Portia. It has been a while since the three of us have been like on the same screen together. You know, this is really fun. We did get to enjoy that. uh, Spending the night together in that hotel room a couple weeks ago at that conference. And that was such a joy and delight. Y'all, we are such, such silly girls um, in the best way. So the rooms that we had were adjoined by a door. (laughs) And we're like, okay, we'll just open the door so we can talk through the door and just be together. But it was locked. (laughs) So the very, very kind woman at the front desk went through like this massive ring of keys to find the key that would unlock the door. (laughs) It was a lot. Because we we just had to keep that door open. All night long, like we're going to get up in our sleep and talk to each other. But we had so much fun talking to each other. We were so happy to have the door. I know. And then, and then we had a fire alarm at like two in the morning. And I was so glad that door was open because of course we're all in our pajamas and I run in and I'm like, guys, is this real? What? What?" That was weird. And also it was weird when I walked, I was like, let me just go see what's going on. And I went out to the lobby and there were like three people out there and the woman goes, just go back to your rooms. And I'm thinking, huh, just go back to your rooms. Okay. And I'm uh, let's hope we're not burning up. Like, all right, let's just go back to our rooms. So let me, let me put to rest anybody who's ever been in a hotel. And if you have a fear of, oh no, if there's a fire, I won't know. Yes, you will. Because the alarm is the loudest. They woke me up out of, I was out. And it was like something reached into my subconscious and grabbed my face and pulled me up. It was like, wake up. I mean, it was insanely loud. Like insanely loud. And then it wouldn't stop. Even when they said, go back to your rooms. I'm like, okay. And there was a woman talking. Wasn't a woman talking like in like telling us what to do or something? Yeah, like please exit. And then it felt like it went on for like 15 minutes, but Uh, surely it wasn't. It was forever. When I went out there, like, well, here's the thing. Here's what we know. I recommend if you are ever in a hotel, ever, that you put somewhere near your bed a pair of sweatpants or <laughs> a robe or something that you can easily put on. Because when I walked out into that lobby, <laughs> there was a man fully dressed. And I kept thinking, did you sleep like that? Like <laughs> he was fully dressed, like fully dressed on his phone. And I'm like, okay. And then there was a woman that um bless her hair she was she was experiencing life in that sleep of hers but she had on pajamas that looked like sweatpants so I was like okay well you're good to go and then there were these two sweet women huddled by the front door and they were in what they wear to bed and not much not much. <laughs> it was not much. And I thought, you know what? This is a lesson I am learning that at all times in a hotel room, I will have jogging pants or a robe. I don't even wear a robe because hello, menopause. But I will have something. I will have something near me 
I don't even know what I put on because I sure as heck didn't go out there nude. So I don't know what I had on, but I walked out there closed, but I grabbed whatever I could find. That was, oh but it was so gosh. good to be with It was you. an event. It was with an event. And that was a good 80s. event too. It was such an amazing event. Yeah, it was and, good. Um, and it was with Northstar listeners. Yep. And our podcast is going to be partnering more and more with North Star. So you'll hear lots of good announcements. Um, That's right. Down, down the road about how we might do that. That's right. Um, but Well, and I'll say this, Katie Harding, um, you know, if you have been around these parts for a while of our podcast, you know how much we love Katie Harding. But every time she does one of these events, she proves over and over and over again how much she loves Jesus, how much mm-hmm. she loves his word and mm-hmm. how much she passionately loves women mm-hmm. loving Jesus in his word mm-hmm. and down to the details of she had powerful prayer teams that had been praying for this event forever. And, uh, Katie is just a wise, wise leader and yeah. how she desires. Here's what I love about that. What I love about Katie is that North star is a part of the, you know, the global North star network or whatever you call it. But what I love about what Katie has done, and this is, I'm totally going off on a tangent. It's just, I've thought about it a lot since we left there. She, this North star primarily um, is a network of churches in the DMV and the, you know, district, Maryland, Virginia, but because God uses Katie in such, such strategic ways, she reaches from like South Carolina all the way up to like Maryland and Delaware. I mean, it like, mm-hmm. it just goes, I could be getting that wrong. So you might want to edit that out if, if I'm wrong on that, but I don't even know if I'm wrong. I do know that it is well over two to 300 church, th- churches represented in yeah. her network alone yeah. and mm-hmm. women's network. And I just think that that, um, is evidence of a woman yielded to God and saying, okay. here's my hands open. Tell me what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love, I could not love Katie Harding more. She, I, one thing is there are a handful of women where my yes is always on the table for them. And Katie Harding mm-hmm. is one of them. Mm-hmm. My yeah. yes mm-hmm. is on the table for her because I know she's never, um, come to something halfway. She mm-hmm. comes to it on her knees and, humbly saying what do you think about this i love it anyway i'm rambling that is the word i was gonna use susan truly a humble leader Mm -hmm. i loved yeah this huge huge conference that katie usually emcees yeah and this year she's like you know i think the lord wants me to hand it off and listeners our susan got to got to emcee this year and Susan, you did such a fabulous job well, With you're your, sweet because you love Jesus as passionately as Katie Harding. And, and it showed while you were up there, just trying to mm-hmm. love people with the love that Jesus has shed abroad in your own heart. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I think, well, let me tell you, I want to tell you something. Time. I want to tell you something really quick. That'll make Portia laugh too, because um, Katie and Portia, do you remember that when I got, um, to the hotel and my entire bottle of hair product? Had oh yeah. Do you remember yeah. this? I was, yeah. I was like, it smelled good though. It, oh, it smelled delicious. And also all I could think about was, um, my entire suitcase now smells delicious at the price tag of a lot because right. that was a whole bottle of hair product. 
And so I was like, good day. Well, I immediately pulled out that pink thing that I was going to wear. Everything was fine. Okay. I had a teal version of that pink thing. And I thought when I got home from the conference, I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, you are so good to me. I am so glad I've got clean clothes in that suitcase because I don't have to worry about doing laundry. So I get up on um, Monday morning and I put on my clothes and I put that teal thing over top of me. And it's um, listeners, it's like, it was like silk. It's not silky, but it's like rayon something. I don't know what the yeah. material is. Anyway, I put it on. I go throughout my day. I go throughout my day. Can I tell you this? I go throughout my day. All of a sudden, I, I had been in um, directional team meeting. I had been in creative team meeting. I had been, you name the meetings I had been in that day at work. I'd been in them all. And all of a sudden, I am walking near my sweet Karen Holt that I love more than life. And all of a sudden, she goes, are, are, you, are you sweating? And I was like, what? Okay. I had not thought about that hair product. It just didn't dawn on me because I thought it just dried because it was, it was liquidy. It wasn't like lotiony. Right. Okay. Giant circles of wet, but now they were not wet. They were just stained giant circles of them. And they were in places that look like you sweat. So they were places like under armpits, places like big spots on your back. (laughs) There was one like Okay, you know what it means to have under boob sweat. Okay, yes. one right here under <laughs> here. I was like, what is what going is on? And I had flashback to, um, oh my word. So then I started freaking out thinking, did the pink one look like that? While I was on oh, stage. It did. It didn't. No. No, oh, no, it didn't. Oh, I started having like major <laughs> moment with it. So I immediately threw it in the washing machine thinking, oh no, it's ruined. It's ruined. It will not come undone, which I'm, I'm fine with. As long as Katie Harding sent me this picture of me and Jada and Whitney on like when I was interviewing mm-hmm. them. And for some reason, Jada's head is thrown back laughing really hard. And mm-hmm. so is Whitney. I don't know what I had said, but they were laughing really hard. I zoomed that thing in to see <laughs> if there were gigantic circles of sweat looking. I was like, what is going no, on? You have to know, Susan, Susan we, that Portia- We would have told you. We oh, have your back, girl. We would have told you immediately, Susan. No. Don't the most random things happen? <laughs> yeah, random no, we things. You were good. You were good. You were good. Well, that was a squirrel. Well, it was a cute one. <laughs> we like squirrels and we can't help it when we get together. I know. But moving on. Yes. Our friends, we are in the middle of a very, very fun series that we have just found so much delight in. Because as you know, we say over and over, stories change lives. But this series, we're actually using stories from the Bible yeah. that are guaranteed to change lives if we come at them knowing they're Mm God-breathed, they're in there for a reason, that God would have us read expectantly, um, prayerfully, and individually in the sense of, God, what would you have (sighs) me uh, grasp from this story about my story? How, How would it match up? And how can you, God, in, in invest spiritual truth into my soul through your word, through this story. 
So the stories of women in the Bible have just been such an incredible eye-opening blessing. And today, Susan, our yeah. beautiful MC, is going to tell the story of Deborah. Now, yeah. Portia, did you say some people say Deborah? Yeah, I um I have really good friends that are from different parts of the world. And so uh English is like not American English, and we'll say Deborah. Yeah. Well, and uh, my daughter from Ethiopia is they she spells it instead of Deborah spelling it like the way we know D E B O R A H. Deb is D I B O R A, and mm -hmm. in Ethiopia they pronounce it Deborah, and that's their version of Deborah is Deborah. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, you know yeah. I'm going to call her that now. Deborah. Yeah. Prepare her. Beautiful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so what, um, the reason I'm going to talk about Deborah is for several reasons. One is um, I did um, studies on my girls are Deborah and uh, Deborah and Ruth, and so I did studies on them just so that they would know more about the women they were named after. And we did not give them their names. My my kiddos, their birth families did, and so I wanted to dive deep into um, the women that they were in the Bible that these amazing women were. Um, and what I love, I do want to say this really quick before I start. I do really believe I didn't so much believe this when I was young because there's so many random names out there, um, like Susan. <laughs> um, but there's so many random names out there that I, but I do really believe that God uses meanings of word, meanings of names, um, for us. And so like, I want to give you a, for instance, about this, um, when, you know, how long ago was it? I felt like it was maybe two or three years ago. We interviewed Derwin Gray mm -hmm. and, um, one year ago, last week, actually, one year ago, last week, we ran in, my family and I ran into Derwin in the airport um, on the way to a Beth Moore conference. And um, he talked to Deborah and he was listening to her and just like really focused on her. And he said, Deborah is a serious leader. She is a leader. Um, and he like called out some other things in her. And I was like, man, he doesn't know her, but he is calling something out in her. Well, then probably about maybe eight months ago, um, we had an opportunity to meet um, with uh, Bianca. Help me with her last name. Bianca. Yep. And um, she met Dib. And when she walked in, our friend Tammy said, I want you to meet my friend Dib. And she looked right at her and said, you are going to be a mighty woman of God. You are going to be a leader. And she just started calling out the things of what Deborah's name meant mm -hmm. and calling it out in Dib. But the things she was calling out lined up so beautifully with Dibber's personality. And even mm. Portia, when you've been with Dib, you've called those things out in Dib, like mm. to her face. Like when we were sitting in Gwen's kitchen, I remember you having a conversation with her and you were calling out things that her name meant. Mm. And um, that night that we met with Bianca, um, she anointed Dib with oil on her forehead and prayed over mm. her and just called out 
um, this amazingness. And so when I read now the story of Deborah, I think through what a mighty woman she was. And I believe even if people's names aren't Deborah, I believe wholeheartedly that God is in the middle of a season of rising up um, countless numbers of Deborahs um, that are wise leaders, that are prophetesses, that are able to minister to both men and to women, that are Mm -hmm. able to um, elevate women and not see them as... um, a competition, but mm-hmm. rather what can we do for the glory of God and the good yeah. of others? Um, and I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is in the process of raising up just countless women um, that will matter for the kingdom, that will yeah. push the kingdom forward. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let me dive into Deborah. Um, and so what? here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the time in history so people have an understanding a little bit about what was going on. Then I'm going to talk about the summary of what that story looked like. And then I really do want to talk about um, the beautiful part of that scripture where um, she has her song of Deborah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I want to talk a little bit about what we can learn from her. Um, Okay. And so there we go. All right. So first, the story of Deborah um, she was leading um, Israel and it's going to, her story is going to be found in Judges four and five. So if you want to ever go back listeners and read the story of Deborah, it's in Judges four and five, and it's a powerful story. It really, really is. Um, there is a period of time in Israel and it's known as the dark ages of her history. Um, and it says in Judges seventeen six that in these days, Israel had no king. And so everyone did as they saw fit. They just Mm. chose to live like they want to live. Does that sound like anything? I mean, does that sound like anything that we're experiencing now? And so in those days, Israel had no king. They did what they wanted to do. They didn't consult God. They just did it on their own. And um, those, I would, those, that is the reason those were considered dark days. Mm -hmm. Um, During this leadership void, because people were choosing to lead themselves instead of asking God for leadership. God raised up 11 men and one woman, and these were known as the judges of Israel. Uh, But let me tell you what about, okay, so a pattern emerged. Israel would live in disobedience to God because they were doing everything that they saw fit without seeking God's help. Um, Then they would fall into captivity by an oppressor. Mm -hmm. And then in despair, because they were out of their minds, they would beg God for rescue because they were, they were in complete and utter like, oh my goodness, what have we done? Help us, help us. Um, And then this would happen over and over again for like 325 years, this was going on. So they would sit there and do things on their own without seeking God. And then they would fall into despair and wonder, why are so many bad things happening to me? And you're not seeking God. And so he rose up these judges to help bring some help from the oppressors that were um, holding them into captivity. Okay. So in God's immense kindness, every single time that the Mm -hmm. Israelites begged for rescue, he would rise up a judge to help his people. Yeah. And so one of these judges was Ruth. She led for 60 years um, in 12th century BC. So 60 years, we got Ruth to- Ruth or, De- or Deborah? Oh, sorry, Deborah. Yeah, Deborah. Okay. 
So one of the, I know I get, now I got my girl's names in here, so I'm going to get it all mixed up. One of these (laughs) judges is Deborah and Deborah led for 60 years in 12th century BC. And we get to see her leadership, a little snippet of her leadership um, that happened. And so the judge before um, Deborah passed away, as soon as he passed away, Israel fell right back into sin. Yeah. So the cruel oppressor then of the Israelites that rose up this time was named um, Caesarea, 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 Caesarea. Let me tell you this funny thing. I, before we did this, I got on and I Googled pronunciation of Caesarea. Yeah. yeah. Four to five different people said it all different ways. I'm like, why are you doing this to me, people? Just give me a name. <laughs> give me a pronunciation. All right. How do you say it, Portia? I say Cicera. Cicera. All right. There we go. That's what we're going to say. Cause that makes more sense. <laughs> and listeners, it gives you freedom to stumble over names in the Bible. That's what I'm saying. Don't That's let what that I'm hold saying. you back. Just I say serious. One of the YouTube videos that I pushed play on had literally like five people. And all it was, was these people going Cicera, Cesarea. Cicera. I mean like all, and I was like, That's too many options. Okay, here we go. He was the commander of an army and the Israelites were crying out for help because he was oppressing them. He was a, and Deborah, a prophetess and judge, she's now leading. And so the people come to her under the palm of Deborah. I love Mm. that part. They show up under the palm of Deborah and they, she would sit up there under this palm and people would go to her to help settle their disputes. Mm -hmm. So they would rise up and they would go up to Deborah and they would, they would present all of the things. And then she would help the people settle their disputes. Well, here um, they come and they're explaining about what Sisera is doing. And she sends for Barack, um, who is part of her military. And she told him in order for us to defeat uh, Sisera, I want you to gather 10,000 men. Mm-hmm. So she told him to do that. Well, she, uh, he agreed to do that, but he would only do that with um, Deborah's help. And he wouldn't do it alone. Like he wouldn't go with those 10,000 men. He would not go with those 10,000 men to defeat Sisera. He mm-hmm. adamantly said, I need you to go with me. Mm-hmm. So then this is what she said to him is that, um, I will go with you, but you will not be the one then to deliver Sisera. It will be a woman. Mm-hmm. Now, when I read this for the first time, many moons ago, you read this to believe that Deborah will be the deliverer. Yes. I always believe. saw that when I was a kid too. Same, same. You believe it thinking, all right, Deborah just told him. Deborah said, fine, I'm going to be the one to get the credit then. That is mm-hmm. what you think she's saying. I'm mm-hmm. going to be the credit taker. Mm-hmm. You find out quickly, Deborah is not like that. She's mm-hmm. not a credit taker. Right. So instead, she said, absolutely, I will go with you. But you need to know you will not get the credit. It will be, an, it will be a woman that gets the credit, but I'm going to go with you. So Deborah went with Barack and Barack got those 10,000 men. Now, upon Deborah's order, they waited on Deborah. Mm -hmm. Barak was told to advance the men. Now, the Lord rerouted Sisera and all 900 of his chariots. Mm. And Caesarea got scared. Caesarea. See, I did it again. It's okay. We can transition to different names. 
There we go. We're going to call him something. <laughs> he jumped and fled on foot off of his chariot. He ran. All of his men, all of them, all 900 chariots were killed that day by Barak and those 10,000 men. They killed them all. So the oppressors are now gone, except for the head oppressor of Caesarea. There's not four R's. Cicera. Cicera. There we go. Um, Cicera ended up then in this random tent of this Mm -hmm. woman, JL. JL. Now I Googled that one too, and that's JL. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, let me tell you about this girl. I'm so proud of this woman. I can't even see straight. Mm -hmm. JL was a beast because Mm -hmm. she invited him in to her tent. She basically gave him warm milk and cookies, people. This is what the Mm -hmm. woman did. She covered him up with a blanket. She gave him milk and he basically just passed out from exhaustion. Yeah. Okay. So she basically did what a mom does when our kids are totally irrationally tired. That is what Mm -hmm. that woman did. She was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. She laid him down. She put a blanket over him, gave him milk, and he found, fell sound asleep. She then took a spike. Hold on one second. This is where the story departs from JL treating this guy like one of her kids. Continue. That's right. Yeah. No more kid, no more kid treating treatment right here because she knew she had the oppressor in her hand. Mm -hmm. And so she took a spike, put it in his temple, put the spike all the way through his temple and killed him. Mm -hmm. And that is what Deborah meant when she said, you will not be the one to kill the oppressor. It will go into the hands of a woman. Now why Barack and all of his um, people, his army of men, 10,000 men, they did do away with the 900 chariots of 10,000 men. The one that killed the oppressor was a brave, brave woman, Jael, who did that. Because I want you to think about this. At any moment, she could have been scared that somebody would walk into that tent. Absolutely, she had to have been nervous about that because, you know, she's about to kill the man that is oppressing all of Israel. And she chose to be brave and do it. She chose to be brave and do it. So that is the story of Deborah. But then let me tell you about the song of Deborah. Music and singing were this huge part um, of the Israelite culture. And a lot of times when we read um, the songs that happen through the old testament i think we read them and think oh that's just a nice song they sang as praise but the reason they did that is because they were they created these songs so that they could retell stories through all the generations Mm -hmm. they did it as a way to honor god they did it as a way to proclaim his faithfulness and his greatness but they mainly did it so they could retell the story over and over. They could retell the victory over and over. They could tell that Deborah was visited by Barack. They could tell that Barack went and got those 10,000 men and Barack would not do it without Deborah. Mm-hmm. And then Deborah said, you will be delivered with by the hand of a woman. And it was JL. 
And I'm telling you by the fact that this song of Deborah was sung over and over and over again, the generation after generation after generation, because I want you to think about it. Um, like yesterday, this is a total, total side squirrel moment. But yesterday I was having lunch with Deborah and one of my friends and the entire soundtrack was 80s music. The entire soundtrack, mm. they had that thing. I knew every single word of every single song. And people in the Old Testament also know you put things like this into music. It is not forgettable. Yeah. And so they put this into music to honor God, to proclaim his faithfulness and his victory, but to also remind the generations of what he has done and what he is capable of doing so that when they, because it will happen yet again, are back into oppression they mm -hmm. have to be reminded what God is capable of. Right. So the Israelites sang these songs as a way for them to pass on the memory of what God did from every single generation. And they were told the story of how their oppressor was defeated. And here's what I love. This was not just the song of Deborah, even though it is her song. She sang it with Barak. Mm. There was unity in that song. There was unity among men and women of that day because they respected the leadership of Deborah. Mm -hmm. Those 10,000 men upon her order chose to advance because they respected her. They respected yeah. her leadership and they respected her God. Mm -hmm. And the Bible then tells us after this song was sung, they had peace for 40 solid more years. Yeah. That is powerful. Yeah. Okay. So here's three things that I learned from Deborah. She was a wise leader. She did everything she could always to honor others. She honored Barack as a leader because she could feel a little bit of fear and trepidation with him and about having to take 10,000 men to defeat this man. And so she went with him. She honored him. She also honored the fact that it would not be easy for JL to have to kill this man because what woman wants to kill the oppressor of all the Israelites mm -hmm. yet she honored her instead of doing it herself because Deborah could have done it herself. She honored her. And then also she was an incredibly hard worker. She went yeah. into battle with those 10,000 men. She went into battle with them. She led fully trusting God in his plans. Mm -hmm. She could have directed thousands of people and delegated every single responsibility. Mm -hmm. And sincerely, she could have been a trusted advisor, period. She did not have yeah. to get in and do the hard work herself, but she did. She honored other, honored other men. She honored, honored other women. She honored mm -hmm. God. And these actions were on full display with every single piece of this story in how she led them to victory. She was, she stood by the side of Barack and those 10,000 men, and she sought to take down her oppressor. She was a wise leader, a honored others and a hard worker. And man, what if, what if we all chose to have portions of us be Deborah and rise up like that? Um. What if we said, we are going to honor other women and not tear them down. 
-hmm. We are going to stand beside men and honor the fact that we can help them in any way while also honoring God in every way. Yeah. And what if we stayed humble in all that we did and chose to not make it about ourselves, but make it about the people we are serving? Because while she was a great advisor, she served those people so well. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. That's my story of Deborah. <laughs> Deborah is, um, is amazing. And I think one of the things, a couple things that I really love that you brought out in the story is that number one, she wasn't fighting for authority. Yeah. Um, right. And, you know, when you look, when you read her story, um, it says, and I don't remember her husband's name, but they name him. Yeah. Um, Deborah, wife of. Um, it's L-A-P-P-I-D-O-T-H. Wife of E. <laughs> wife of L. 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 Wife of L. And um, that you don't see conniving. You don't see manipulation. That's you right. don't see this is, I mean, be, because here's the deal. There are some times when God speaks something to one of his daughters, and if they happen to be married, um, their spouse does not always resonate with what this person knows that they've heard from God. And so uh, we have to be careful in reading inferences into things that are not told us in scripture. However, I think this is a good inference that Mr. L, Deborah's husband, mm -hmm did not stand in the way of her doing what God had called her to do. Right. Either in being a prophetess, which a prophet is only someone who hears from God and speaks his word. Right? That's right. That's right. Um, and did not stand in her way of being a judge in Israel because she could have just been a prophetess. That's right. Speaking the word of God to the people, but she also was a leader of the people and not one time does scripture show us that Mr. L was like, nope, that's right. I'm, I'm the man. Yeah, um, so how strong and secure and trusting was Mr. L? So there's That's that. Right. I and love the that. other thing that I love in her story is that, and you talked about this a little bit, Susan, that there was no competition. Never. There's no competition like the real, real anyway, competition. No, <laughs> there was just because it does exist in the church today. It exists yeah. in our society and it has seeped into the people of God where yeah. if you do well, then somehow then that's taking away from me doing well. If Katie does well, nope. There is enough in what God is doing for you to do really well, for Katie to do really well, for Julia to do really Amen. well, and for Portia to do really well. And you know what? It looks differently for all of us. That's because right. Because we are different individuals with different calls and different personalities and I could go on and on and on about the things that I see in Deborah and how she carried herself and brought others along. That's right. I'm whoa. Well, and I do love that. I love how um, she really was not a one man band about everything. One woman band, everything she did, she was thinking about other people, everything mm -hmm. she did. And courageous i mean so courageous and everything she did was for the glory of god and the good of other people mm -hmm. i was just gonna say what a picture of loving god with all your heart mind soul and strength and loving others yeah. um deborah's story is such a beautiful picture of that mm -hmm. and i love how you repeated that word she honored mm -hmm. god and what he wanted she honored both men and 
women and and gave courage just in her own example of fearlessly carrying out what God had called her to do. That's right. And and the unity that resulted. And the other thing I loved about your story was the emphasis on that song as a storytelling method Mm -hmm. back in that day that's memorable. And through the years, people knowing that story because listeners' stories really do change lives. Mm-hmm. That's right. And these That's stories right. of scripture. And and truthfully, Susan, I loved your your opening where you talked about De- Deborah, mm-hmm. <laughs> your daughter, mm-hmm. and how the story of Deborah weaves really into your own story, your own mm-hmm. personal story you adopting this beautiful daughter Mm -hmm. and then um having her name that already but then you digging into scripture i want to know more about who she's named after and then having community and i love that you said they all sang that song together in community Mm -hmm. her and barack joining hand, not her trumpeting her song and her story, because the story is about God. Yeah. Yeah. That is the higher story. Yeah. Yes. Our story we're carrying out. Yeah. Our stories, our little stories, but the big story is about God. And we're, we're so blessed to be part of his big story, but we got to tell it. Yeah, we got to tell it. So I love that, Deborah. So uh, you're saying Deborah wrote that song, um, Susan? Yeah, well, I mean, it's called the Song of Deborah in the in the Judges four and five. And I think here here's the thing I love is that I just think it's a beautiful picture of Barack and Deborah singing that song together because. And I'm taking this way further than it should be because it's I'm not staying in Judges right now. This is just Susan commentary. Um, I think there's a beautiful thing about knowing, um, men and women are both image carriers of the most high God. And when men and women are on the same page together, knowing all we want to do is to advance the gospel. And all we want to do is to make known the goodness of God in our lifetime. When we can do that and link arms with, um, men and women together, there is a beautiful thing that happens. I mean, Mm -hmm. I look at, I mean, God granted them peace for 40 years. I can't help but think that there's this, the people that watched the two of them sing that together, the -hmm. man that helped defeat the 900 chariots and the woman that did it right by his side. And I think, I want you to think right now in modern day culture, the 900 chariots that need to be defeated in this, in this modern day. And it's not going to take just godly women or just godly men. It is going to take men and women acknowledging the giftings they have been given and moving forward in that gifting because the gifting God's have, God has given us the gifting that God gave Deborah of leadership, of being a prophetess, of being a judge, of being just a wise woman. He did not give that to her for herself. He right. gave that to her for a purpose. And right. then I look at Barack. 
Barack, even though he was a little like, you got to do this with me, he still was courageous. He fought mm -hmm. 10, with 10,000 men. They fought all of these, these chariots of men. And I think, you know what? When we can link arms with our brothers and our sisters mm -hmm. in today's tumultuous climate, truly, truly, the sky is the limit on right. what God can do. When we right. are not battling one another, but we are mm -hmm. going to battle together for the right things. Unbelievable things can happen. Unbelievable things can happen. People knowing Jesus, people understanding who he is, and then retelling the story over and over and over again. So that we see God's victory. We see Jesus being honored. We see the proclaiming of his faithfulness over and over and over again. When we tell our stories, like Deborah chose to tell this story, we are making known how incredibly important it is, um, the kingdom of God. Yeah. Every single day, we have an opportunity to make him known through simply telling of a victorious story. Every absolutely, single day. absolutely. And I, you know, I, I, I think our listeners are going to hear this. Um, this was a, this is a narrative of the Israelites fighting actual people. That's because right. Because that what was what that's what was taking place in their history. That's right. As we are making these parallels. Um, because of all that happens in society, we are not talking about fighting people That's because right. what scripture tells us, um, those of us that are in Christ, yes. part of the body is that we do not fight flesh and blood. We're That's not right. wrestling Amen. against flesh and blood. We are, this is a spiritual battle Amen. and the person or entity that maybe represents something that you're like, oh no, I'm not for it. We're not against that person. We're like, That's Holy right. Spirit, we need your guidance. We need your wisdom. How do we love? How do we demonstrate your fruit? How yep. do we operate in your gifts? So that um, Romans 2, 4 says the kindness of God leads us to repentance. That's right. And so sometimes our battle formation is loving so that's right so like the natural mind we go i don't even know how you're loving this person that's right i mean you love that's the situation right. don't even know how you're being loving how are you being kind how are you being patient why do you have joy when we do those in such a radical way it begins to unhinge the things that the enemy of our souls who comes to steal kill and destroy has established in our lives and so when we are talking about locking arms with our brothers in christ it is to have spiritual eyes to see. We are not fighting a person or an entity. We are fighting a spiritual battle. That's that right. When you read God's word, we actually win. But right now it is, are we standing our ground? Yes. Are we loving radically? Are, yes. we giving, are we giving immense amounts of grace? Because we have received so much grace. Yeah. Um, so our battle is not... I'm going to knock Not you people. out. No way. Our battle with the spiritual forces at work in our generation requires linking arms with our brothers and all of our sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this is this is what, Susan, I, I feel like what you've done, it's almost a call to arms mm -hmm. um, and telling Deborah's story of what is the oppressor? What is oppressing, Right. Who has God put around you to lock arms with? And it could be 
that whom God intends for you to lock arms with for the battle you're in, that you are about to find out who they are. You may not see it right now, listeners, but God is bringing people around you to lock arms so that you can fight this very, very spiritual war together through the power of his Holy Spirit. Because we really do have a very real enemy Uh, and it is, and let me tell you who it's not. And I'm just, because Deborah fought a battle that was a physical battle and I am positive it, it was exhausting, but let me tell you something, the battle that we fight today, it is, it is mentally exhausting. It is physically exhausting because we have fooled ourselves into thinking that people are the enemies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. we, the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. Right. And so let's say in our minds that today we are going to choose that God is stronger and bigger than our enemy, but we still have an enemy that is very real. And then if we are linking arms with brothers and sisters beside us, the battle belongs to God. The battle belongs to him. And you love as hard as you can love. I love what you said there, Portia. When we can love as hard as we can love and love like Jesus did. I'll tell you this. Let me tell you this. Here's another change up. And I'm gonna tell you this really quick. I, I don't, don't shame me on this, but I just started the chosen. I just, this hot second started. So good, no judgment. Uh, because I know when I say that some people are like, are you seriously? So you just started this, but I did. Let me just tell you. And I want you to know if you have not watched the, watched the chosen get, get on it, get on it. But here's what I will say to you. The very first episode with Mary Magdalene. I just got to pause right there because what, Mm -hmm. let me just tell you something. When he called her name. Mm -hmm. And she realized who she belonged to then in that moment and the redemption that she had just experienced. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And now I'm watching her through every episode, linking arms with these disciples. And they know that the kingdom of God is more important than any battle they will fight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am telling you this, Mary Magdalene is the reason you need to start watching The Chosen. (laughs) Like as far as that first episode, because, oh my gosh, I just, you guys, I am watching how she is loving people and how she is linking arms with those men and doing it in such a humble way, simply because they want to advance the kingdom of the master. Right. Mm. Mm. And, the, right. and the reason you love it so much, Susan, and are just challenging other people, it's stories. Amen. Yes. Scripture yes. about real people whose yes. lives were completely and radically changed yeah. by Jesus Christ. That's yeah. right. And uh, I, I can't get enough of it. Uh, I'm in oh. two different groups, watching it with two different groups and discussing it and the truth portrayed um but back to our story of deborah and then we'll wrap this up listeners mm-hmm. i love that you guys really pointed out um the oppressor in our lives is the enemy is satan yeah. who uses the world's culture and our own fleshly nature against us and against god 
And that's who we're fighting. Because some of you, I think when you hear about JL and she gives him the milk and the cookies, like she's nice. And is that manipulation? And not cookies, just milk in a blanket. (laughs) I know, but you know, and then, and then she sticks a stake through his head. And some of you are like, I don't know if I can embrace that kind of violence. I mean, Oh, that's good. We We need a stake through the heart of our oppressor today. We cannot mess around with Satan, with the world, with our flesh. Mm-hmm. They're not for us. I, I had a young adult say to me, I don't, I, I know this is wrong and I shouldn't even say it out loud, but in a way, when I'm out in the world, I get lots of compliments and affirmation about the way I'm living my life. Mm-hmm. When I go with church people, I feel so condemned. So why, why is Jesus more powerful than Satan, really, if Satan's in charge of the world? Now, that sounds like, what? Who would say that? She even said, I probably shouldn't say this, but this is what I'm really thinking. Yeah. So why, why do I bring that up? I just, listeners, we don't know where you're at with Jesus right now. And thinking about the enemy, I was raised to believe there that even thinking there was a devil was ridiculous, was unintellectual. Mm-hmm. But he's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the story of Deborah, there was an oppressor that jacked up these people's lives. Mm-hmm that caused oppression, that caused darkness, that caused weeping, that caused famine, that caused, and there is a darkness in our world today. Nobody can deny that. Mm -hmm. And the enemy is the prince of this world for a time, but Jesus Christ is the light, the hero, the victory. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, that literal stake that um, JL drove through, figuratively can we use scripture to be that stake that Mm. that drives through the heart of the lies that Mm -hmm. the enemy the world and our own flesh are trying to tell us Mm -hmm. and 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 a book on that you guys know i always have to give book recommendations john mark homer no more lies where Mm -hmm. he literally spells out this is your enemy Mm -hmm. it's threefold and here's how you defeat yeah here's the stake and obviously it's, it's getting into scripture, it's praying, it's loving, it's doing what Jesus. That means. book is phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's life-changing. Anyway, stories change lives. Listeners, I oh. love you so much. And Susan, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for researching a story that intersected with your own life, mm-hmm. your daughter's life, our listeners' lives. And just blessing us with spiritual truths in how our own lives can connect with with Deborah's story. Absolutely. We love you. We love you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye, y'all.